Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're talking about a community of faith, the church community, the church family. And last week we kind of started the topic of love and we identified that this church family is a community of authentic love. And today we're going to go a little bit further down with John, the apostle, on this uh, description of love in our, in our community, and actually discover uh, that love is quite powerful. Uh, it's way more powerful than, well, the world certainly gives credit for. So let's jump right into the text, John's letter that he wrote. We call it First John in chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Everyone who believes, everyone who has faith that the man, Jesus of Nazareth, has fulfilled everything that the Old Testament prophesied about the Christ or the Messiah, is born of God, has been reborn in faith by God's volition and by God's power. As we celebrate mothers today, how many of you decided when you were going to be born, and who your mom was going to be. Right. Well, God is just as much in control in your spiritual birth, your rebirth. It is by God's power that we believe that Jesus is the Christ. Now, what does that have to do with love? Well, it's the same verse. He finishes. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. In other words, if we love God, we naturally love God's children. It's, it's seamless. And what we learn here is that faith and love are two sides of the same coin. They are true faith and true love are inseparable. They're of the same power. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. So what does it mean to love God? What does it look like? Well, it looks like doing what God wants us to do, submitting to God's will in our lives, letting His will become and influence our thoughts, letting Him steer our words and our actions. We want to obey the God that we love. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. Loving God means that we want to do His will. There's a couple things here. One is that when we think about the commandments, we think about the law, really think of something maybe that is trying to uh, uh, compress us, trying to restrict us. We can't be free. We can't do what we want to do. But if you think about God's law, what it really is, it's God's will. God's law is simply God's will. It's God's will that we honor Him above all other gods. It's God's will that we honor our father and mother. It's God's will that we don't murder No, we don't commit adultery. We don't steal and we don't lie. We don't covet. And then just think how wonderful this world would be if everybody kept God's 
commandments. That's God's will, a wonderful creation for his children. The second part of this that we stumble on uh, quite often is especially uh, newer Christians who are very familiar uh, with this understanding that we are justified, that we're saved by faith alone. There's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. There's nothing we can do to wipe away the sin stain in our hearts. That is absolutely true. We are born completely helpless uh, of being able to save ourselves. But what is impossible for an unbeliever is not only possible, but essential for children of God, for Christians. God, in Jesus, has forever forgiven our sins. He has forever changed our clothes from the rags of sin to the robes of righteousness. God has forever imparted into us His Holy Spirit. We have the strength of God to not only want to want what God wants, to want to do His will, but to do it. That's an amen from the back. (laughs) And His commandments are not burdensome. Again, we don't see that that, that, that will of God, the law of God as being something heavy. Truly, as Jesus said, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. Now, how many heads fit inside of a yoke? Two. Who do you think is in the yoke with you? It's a Sunday school answer. You can shout it out. Jesus, of course. Jesus is with you. Every single day, reminding you of his love, reminding you of what he did to forgive you. As the psalmist says, his mercies are new every morning. He is daily walking alongside of us, carrying our burdens, carrying our struggles, helping us to move forward in God's will. Now, what is, if we want to do God's will, we want to follow his commandments, what's the most important one? Well, this is really helpful because somebody actually came to Jesus and asked him that question. What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, love the Lord and love your neighbor. There is no commandment greater than these. Everybody say, love the Lord. Love Love your neighbor. neighbor. All right, good job. Love the Lord, love your neighbor. These are the greatest commandments. Commandments. This is how we follow God's will in our daily lives. This is what should orient our thoughts, our words, and even our actions. Now, I don't know what you think about when you hear the word discipleship, but I'm going to give you perhaps a new definition today. This is very important that I hope you get this today. Discipleship is curating your heart. Discipleship is being attentive to and intentional about what you love. 
Love the Lord, love your neighbor. Now, too often, pastors and the church and us in the West, the last few hundred years, we've really gotten into this idea of that, that we can uh, teach our way into new behaviors. Uh, it's almost like sanctification by information transfer, right? Well, that's not how humans are. Humans are not, uh, we're not thinking beings that have feelings, right? We are feeling creatures that, that do think, okay? But at the heart of what drives us and motivates us and compels us is what we love. Look what uh, John, this is the same John, this is in his gospel, a different book that he wrote. He tells us, when some of the uh, young men who are following John the Baptist, another John, <laughs> got so excited about Jesus, and, and John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and they all kind of ran toward Jesus, and they were following him. And the very first question Jesus asked these would-be disciples, turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? Not what do you know. Not, not even what do you believe. What do you want? Our wants are at the core of our identity. Our wants, our desires, what we crave, what we hunger for, drive us and, and, and control, again, our thoughts, our words, and our actions. Jesus said, hunger and thirst for righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. But what we want, what we crave more than anything is to love the Lord and love our neighbors. So discipleship is curating our hearts, being attentive to and intentional about what we love. Because what we love will drive everything that we do. You are what you love. Contrary to any of you uh, philosophy majors out there, or maybe the philosophy 101 like me, just got my toes wet. Uh, Rene Descartes, I think, therefore I am. No. You aren't what you think. You are what you love. And St. Augustine, when uh, this is the 4th century A.D., uh, pastor, church father in North Africa. And in the, the very first sentence of this book he writes, called The Confessions, he's praying to God, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. What it means to be human is to be dynamic, right? We are on the move toward a goal, toward what we want, what is the most important thing to us. We are always moving in that direction. Now, if I know everything there is to know about nutrition... And if I know everything there is to know about exercise, will that make me healthy? <laughs> I 
No. Right? I have to want, I have to love, I have to want the result, the goal that I have more than the current state or more than maybe something that's worse, right? But it is my desires, my cravings, my longings, my love and my passions that are going to drive my actions. Uh, St. Augustine, I'm going to he talked about this in terms of uh, gravity. He said, uh, love is like gravity. Now, he lived a thousand years before uh, Isaac Newton wrote laws about you know, gravity. So he's given him a little leeway there. But basically, he's talking about gravity as this force that propels things along. And he says, you know, if you pour um, uh, oil into water, it's gravity. It's <clears throat> inertia or inert state or whatever. It's going to force it to the top. If you pour water into oil, it's going to sink to the bottom. I don't know how many of you ever played in the swimming pool with a beach ball. You ever tried to hold a beach ball under the water? Right? It's momentum. You could even say it's penchant and desire is to rise to the surface. It is restless as long as it is under the water. It is constantly trying to sneak out from under your hands to burst to the surface. St. Augustine said, wherever I go, my love carries me. In other words, if I love temporary things, it is going to carry me down toward inferior things. But if our loves are set on fire by the Holy Spirit, we will be carried to eternal things. You are what you love. Your thoughts, your desires, your passions. We want to curate those. So that means discipleship is more about reformation than it is information. Discipleship, then, is about creating good habits that will teach us to move toward what we love. And as we act in these habits, we do curate our heart and we remind ourselves, our soul, what is our goal here? What is the most important thing? Paul talks about that all the time. He uses the Greek word telos, the end game. The goal. Always live life with the goal in mind, with the end in mind. Let that be that perspective that we have uh, day in and day out. So, discipleship. Uh, Pastor Jeremy and I, Christy, and a number of other people lead all kinds of children's Bible story time to daily devotions, all the stuff you can find online. But more than just information, and the information is good. I'm giving information right now. That's great. But more than that, I want you to use these tools to form new habits, to orient your day around the Word of God, to start your day with the Word of God, keeping the end in mind. Those habits will reshape your longings and your desires, what you love the most. Happy Mother's Day, by the way. Uh, how many of you out there have a mother? 
I don't know what to think about people not raising their hands, but <laughs> however that worked, that's pretty cool. Um, well, for those of you who are appreciating or maybe remembering your mother today, what was it about your mother that, that brings a tear to your eye or warmth in your heart? Was it everything she taught you? It was helpful. It was good things. But I'm guessing what really warms your heart is thinking about how much your mother loved you or loves you. You know, you think about kind of each stage of life, all of those stages of rebellion, perhaps, that you went through. It wasn't just her teaching and your learning that got you over those hurdles, right? It was her overwhelming love for you. And then we get to it, finally. It's overwhelming. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Those who are children of God receive the victory that Christ has won for us. And when John writes this in his letter, 1 John, he's recalling what he told us in the Gospels on Monday, Thursday, when Jesus talked to his very nervous disciples. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take brain. No, that's not what it says, is it? Take heart. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Love is so powerful. It will not only reshape your life, how well you live it, how much you enjoy it, what a blessing you become to family and friends and neighbors. Love does things that politics can't do, that education can't do, that philosophies can't do, that medicine can't do. Love overcomes. God's love for you in Jesus Christ, died and risen for you, overcomes all of the evil in this world, even overcomes death itself. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.